0: In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. As you're making a list for the little ones in your life this time of year, don't forget about the new releases at New Growth Press, including the new picture book, Why Do We Say Goodnight? Going to bed and turning out the light can be a scary time for many children, so this book reminds little ones that Jesus watches over them all night long, just like a shepherd protects his sheep. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith, and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I get to welcome Jared Wilson. Jared is assistant professor of pastoral ministry at Spurgeon College. He's also the author in residence at Midwestern Seminary and director of the pastoral training center at Liberty Baptist Church there in Kansas City, Missouri. In ministry for 25 years, Jared's also written many church resources, books, and Bible studies, including The Gospel-Driven Church, The Imperfect Disciple, and most recently, a fantastic eight-week study on the book of Ruth called Ruth, Redemption for the Broken. He and his wife Becky have been married for 23 years and have two daughters, and I am thrilled to welcome you to the podcast. Jared, great to have you. It's great to be with you. Thank you, champ. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to what verses you have for us today yeah
1: i'm excited as well first corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 and 2. now i would remind you brothers of the gospel i preach to you which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word i preach to you unless you believed in vain
0: all right so jared what's the context here we're right in the middle of, we're actually getting toward the end of first corinthians what's the setting of these verses
1: yeah, what's fascinating is we are sort of 15 chapters, not that Paul knows he's writing chapters, but <laughs> you know, uh, 15 chapters into a letter to a church that's somewhat messy, having some issues that Paul needs to be addressing. Uh, this is, of course, one of two letters that we have in our Bibles that, that we have some evidence that he's written multiple letters to the church in Corinth. Um, and he's addressing some, some different issues that are involved there. There's some issues of division, infiltration of uh, the threat of, of false teaching, false belief, that sort of thing church discipline type issues, that sort of thing. And here we are towards the end of the letter, and Paul says, let me remind you of the good news that that you believed. He's reminding them of the gospel, which I just find really fascinating and really helpful uh, that he's taking these people as messy as they are back to the beginning in in a way, back to the the thing that makes them Christian. He's reminding them of that.
0: So this is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. I'm going to go ahead and read it again. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. Here's what it says. Now, I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold on to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So if you were to put these verses in your own words, what's a Jared Wilson paraphrase sound like?
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, so I think a Jared Wilson paraphrase would be something like if you really believe this gospel, you didn't just receive it past tense, uh, you know, you weren't just converted, it is also the the grounds for your present tense. You're standing before God hmm. and it is the promise and the power that you're you are being conformed to the image of Christ and and, and will be safe with him. Uh, when all is said and done. That, That would be sort of my paraphrase.
0: So Paul is reminding them that the gospel is not just the beginning of their lives, but it's the beginning and the middle and the end. We never move past it, do we?
1: No. And that's, it's one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. And Really, the passage that I return to and again and again, it's kind of the center for me of the textual basis for uh, what we might call gospel-centeredness, the idea that all of our life should be oriented around the good news of Jesus, his work on the cross, his resurrection. That's the context even immediately Paul goes into into verse 3 right. in, in articulating that sort of the nutshell of the gospel. And then, of course, he goes on to talk about the resurrection and those sorts of things. Uh, the witnesses to that. But here, it's just so helpful to see that the gospel isn't just, uh, as Tim Keller says, the ABCs of the Christian life, it's the A to Z. So Hmm. as Paul talks about, you received it, that's past tense. I I take that to mean or to correspond to our conversion. There was a sense in which we were not a Christian, and then now we are. However that happened, praying a prayer with someone, walking an aisle, reading a tract, hearing a gospel message. However it was, you heard the message and you believed in it. One moment you didn't believe, then you did. So you received it. But then to say in which you stand or in which you take your stand, that's a reference to present tense that our grounding, our status before God every day is not based on our performance, which is so helpful to know that it's not as if we got saved past tense and now our you know validation or our approval before God is based on how we're doing and, mm-hmm. and, and, and our performance, our production our standing is still based every day on what Christ has done for us we have his goodness his righteousness hmm. counted as if it's ours and then to go into the future present future tense by which you are being saved which i don't take paul to mean that you lose your salvation and get resaved and that sort of thing right but to be sort of the ongoing work of what we call progressive sanctification that the holy spirit is taking up residence in us and is bearing fruit in our lives and is over time conforming us making us more and more like Jesus. When we believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit commits himself to making us more like Jesus.
0: Now, Jared, you've thought about this a lot. You've written about it a lot and probably safe to say you have written about this more than most people. So, why don't you talk us through what this might look like practically. So, let's say back in the day when your daughters were younger, you're driving home from school, you're hearing about things that went on during the day, and you want to provide a gospel-centered perspective on what you're hearing. What might that sound like?
1: Yeah, I think it might sound like you know hearing my daughters talk about their responses to Either things that were said to them. I remember a particular time in in, uh, my older daughter's life when she was itty bitty. She's a freshman in college now, but she was probably eight years old, maybe. And uh, there were some, you know, kids at school that were um, ostracizing her. She felt not necessarily bullied, but just kind of uh, ignored and and kind of left out of the group and that sort of thing. (laughs) And you know there's just a disconnect there in between you know what we believe religiously or spiritually, and then what we, and what we experience on an everyday basis. so hmm. she had the felt experience of disapproval and rejection and so to be able to remind her that the you know the voice that matters most in the world is is God's the one who who made her and wired her the way that she is, and he's the only perfect person who exists god is 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 perfectly holy unlike any of Uh, of the rest of us and and the one who is perfectly holy then doesn't just uh send his son that she might have her sins forgiven he does do that but he also sends his son that through her belief in him she has total and eternal approval in christ that his goodness his inclusion for her becomes her her validation every day and so we basically talked about how god accepts her and god approves of her how God delights in her um, because of what Jesus has done. The gospel really does speak to how we respond to the ins and outs of our disappointments, our discouragements on a daily basis.
0: So when we talk about being gospel-centered, we don't mean conversion-centered, like we're trying to apply the Roman's road to every moment of our lives or John 3.16 to uh, this particular situation in our lives. But we're talking about since the gospel is true and since we belong to Jesus, what's now true of us because we belong to Jesus.
1: That's right. Yeah, we're united to him by our faith. You know, Paul writes elsewhere about uh, being hidden with Christ in God, being raised with him and seated with him in the heavenly places, which is such an encouragement uh, for me today, uh, you know, to know that it's it's not simply that he has wiped the slate clean and told me, all right, you know, try again. Let's uh, Let's have a do-over. <laughs> but but he wipes the slate clean. He forgives me totally. But then he inscribes on that slate the perfect righteousness of his son, what the theologians call imputation, the imputation of Christ's righteousness, which basically just means like what is his is considered as if it is ours, like a bank account mm-hmm. transaction. His his riches are credited to us. We become joint heirs or co-heirs with Jesus that the Lord might love us the way he loves Christ, which is what Jesus assures us of in his prayer in the garden as well.
0: So, Jared, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast. Thank you for pointing us to First Corinthians 15, 1 to 2. And I would encourage families, if you're going to read this together, read all the way down through verse 4 and following. Paul gets right into the heart of the gospel. So, would you mind, Jared, just closing our time by praying these verses for all of us? Absolutely.
1: Heavenly Father, uh, we do ask that you would remind us of the Gospel, that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on your Son, who has become our substitute and died in our place and risen for our eternal glory as well. So we thank you for what Christ has done for us in the past. That might be our power today. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be energizing us, giving us all the power that we need to believe in the good news of your Son and to share that good news with others. And it's in your son's name, the name of Christ Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.